No, you know what? I, I am censoring myself for the good of the left unity. Yeah. <laughs> if you were adults, you'd be anarchists. Moving on. Oh, now, now, now. Here's where we finally find out the truth. Yeah. It's Liam. Liam is the anarchist Splinters. among us. Yeah, that's right. Voted, sure voted that's, off the spaceship. I think that's been known uh, because someone said that the mask slipped when I went on a rant about the EU banning cigarettes. <laughs> a little bit of left libertarianism. I just, listen, you know, I just, I should be able to get chewing tobacco in more than like three countries. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Yeah, it's true. Thank um, you. Thank you for well, supporting me. Welcome to Well, There's Your Problem, a podcast with slides where we don't record in two weeks and forget how to do the intro. Oh, I, shit, there's an intro? We usually yeah. forget how to do the intro. This is normal. Um, I, did I push the right button? Yeah, oh, I thought Jesus for a second Christ. I was streaming and not recording and people were going to get confused. Yeah, you're just streaming the Zencaster. Well, There's Your yes. Problem. Uh, um, hi everybody. I'm Justin Rosniak. Uh, I'm the person <laughs> who's talking right now. Uh, you should go subscribe to either YouTube channel at Do Not Eat, or you Do Not Eat, or Do Not Eat One on YouTube. It's do Not Eat One, I think. Do Not Eat One. Mm. I don't have a Twitter account. Uh, and your pronouns are he/him. My pronouns are he/him. I like trains. Uh, yeah. Hi, hi I'm Alice uh, Caldwell Kelly. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, my, uh, my, I, I'm, I'm the, I'm the person from Trash Future. My pronouns are she and her. That's a very good podcast. You should listen to it. That's right. Hi, uh, I'm Liam. Liam Anderson. I'm at Old Man Anderson on Twitter. Not anymore. A- it's Old Man. It's Old Manderson now because someone complained oh, about it. <laughs> uh, my pronouns are he and him, and I am the guy who gets mad at you if you're an asshole on our YouTube comments. I sure am. Thanks, right, Alice. We, Back we to still, you. We still remember how to do introductions. Okay, good. Just, just flexing <laughs> on the introduction. Yeah, that's us. Okay. Hey, a C plus is still passing, yeah. baby. This is a fun episode. This is the first regular episode that Liam did most of the work on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but what you see in front of you is an oil rig, which mm. is on fire. That's good uh, though, no, right? Because it's called flaring. It makes yeah. energy be, via exploding, right? So this is good. This is just very efficient, right? Well, well usually, usually oh. <laughs> the fire comes out of here, right? Mm-hmm. And here. But you can see it's coming out of here, and there's a lot of it. Oh. That's efficient. That, that's central planning. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> that, that, that shouldn't be happening. And we'll get into that in a bit. First, we have to do the goddamn news. Sensitive <laughs> <laughs> as ever, Ross. I, there's a border around this transparency. I fucked that up. Okay. Well, everyone uh, has it. Everyone has the Roni. The president got it. Uh, Diane yeah. Feinstein was sitting next to uh, yeah, Mike Lee when he wasn't wearing a mask and he tested he positive. He wasn't wearing one today. Yeah. He wasn't wearing one today. Like, motherfucker. Everybody's getting COVID. It's the what? new thing. What is I the just... secret drug they gave the president and Chris Christie that somehow brought them back from beyond Remdesivir. the grave? Remdesivir, yeah, but it's half like a million for treatment, right? 
It's half a million per treatment, and it's full of like fetal cells. It's full of stem cells. And so then, they like, literally invented what QAnon thinks adrenochrome yes, is. Yes, no, they, they did. Pulled the deal. They, 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 they the injected him with like dead baby parts, and all of the people who spent all of their time screaming about how Planned Parenthood is just like producing dumpsters full of fetuses are just silent. Why so, would they produce dumpsters when they could use them for medicine? Duh. Yeah, that's right. I just anyway. I hate this idea that like they 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 harvest you know and then like toss the fetuses out like no they don't they they harvest them there's very little to there's toss valuable out valuable adrenochrome in those also, things also uh, Mitt Romney uh, Stericycle who is basically the uh, as far as I know the the people who handle most of the bio waste from abortion clinics he he owns that company via Bing huh. Capital hmm. and fuck Mitt Romney yeah absolutely. Does he yeah, have Ronnie? Does I'm he the have guy Ronnie? Who, uh, no, I, I no, run the uh, baby furnace. Uh, <laughs> 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 the geothermal doesn't have anything on this. <laughs> oh, and Florida is reopening. Even though mm-hmm. now, as of the recording, I think we hit through uh, fifty thousand new cases a day. The UK is reclosing, and we're thoroughly like second peak going without a hitch. It's not even putting a dent in it. What happened to your herd immunity strategy? Oh, uh, that thing. Well, what we're doing now is a, a, a highly advanced scientific ne- technique called pretending we never said we were going to do that, ah, and hoping that ah, you forget. Ah, yeah, that's that's very that's very British of you. Yeah, absolutely. Stiff upper lip. It's like the Blitz, except you're more likely to die. You don't need to compare <laughs> everything to the fucking Blitz. And, and also, if you go in the underground, you'll definitely die. That's true. Oh, God. Why are your trains so short and miserable? <laughs> uh, I think they're charming. Although you should see the Glasgow subway. It's even oh, shorter. I know. <laughs> I always wanted to take that. Yeah, one live show in Glasgow. Yeah, when, we when were the country allowed to reopens. leave this dumb country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to um, flee to Canada. Uh, the Lakers won their 17th NBA title. Uh, shut up. And the Eagles are bad now. Oh, yeah. That was my next slide. Maybe no, I should have done the Go Birds drop instead of that. Oh, yeah. I didn't see this slide. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the Eagles defense forgot how to play cover two uh, and allowed a guy to just literally go right up the middle uh, and score a touchdown. This guy, who's now my least favorite stealer besides Ben Roethlisberger, uh, <laughs> he went, I think, to Notre Dame and I wish him nothing but misfortune and ill. Well, I mean, if you went to Notre Dame, then pretty much everyone he knows has COVID now. So good. Good. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't the Notre Dame president get it? At yes, he the did. Amy Coney yes, Barrett confirmation did. super spreader party. Beautiful, yeah, fantastic. It's all going I fantastically. To, I I used to think like the Catholics were relatively sane, and then you know Notre Dame happened. I mm-hmm. bizarre. 
truly, truly miserable, miserable school. Notre Pete Dame Buttigieg is one of those... needs to get that shit under control. Oh, because they're <laughs> technically in a different uh, census-designated place. Oh my god! Yeah, they're their own little, they're their own little <laughs> thing. Fiefdom, yeah. 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 Well, maybe I you just... can Juan Gallardo himself over the fence. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> South Bend is going to annex Notre Dame. It's ours yeah. now. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, we told you, we told you in the Philadelphia Labor Day Parade uh, how to control a public health emergency, and it was don't spit, and yet you kept spitting, and now everyone has COVID. This shit, yes. I just, I'm, I'm so, I've, I've been talking about this, I said this to Roz, is the thing that just like, A, infuriates me, but B, breaks my heart, and it's sort of all the other emotions, is that like, it just didn't have to ever fucking go this way. No. That like... Plenty of bad shit happens, and really, it's like no one's fault. Yeah, how's Vietnam doing? You know, this is right, but like, it just it didn't have exactly or New Zealand, and like, I understand Mm -hmm. we're a different country, whatever, but like, we're the richest country in the history of mankind. Like, it would have been it would have been no big fucking deal to just give people money and say, you know, stay in your houses, we'll bring you food. But we can't well, do that because Joe we have to Biden. do rugged individualism and bullshit like that. Joe, Joe Biden is currently tweeting about how Americans don't want handouts. Um, I do. I yeah. fucking do. Okay? Give me the goddamn give me handout. Shit. Give me stuff. Give, give, like, give me like, the Trump bucks. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> this is what I don't fucking understand. It's like, you could win your re-election easily if you said, I'm going to give $2,500 a month to every American until this shit is over. It's and I really don't care what happens. to lose. I just, it, it just pisses me off because the people I know who have COVID or have had COVID, you know, the, the one person, a friend of mine, uh, she makes well into six figures as an engineer in New York. And like, her life is like, far worse now months after she got it because there's just shit she like the sort of brain fog that people experience and i just keep thinking it didn't have to be this way and i'm sick to death of worrying about my parents who are old and i'm sick to death of just worrying about everyone because the government chose to and it's not oh you know well we didn't know it's just chose to not do the right fucking thing and this is what i fucking talk about this is what alice talks about on this podcast is like you should be pissed off. Like it's okay to be pissed off at people like Donald Trump, at people like the entire fucking, you know, the health, the department of health and human services for just not doing their fucking jobs. And it's okay to be pissed off at Steve Mnuchin, richer than God, who can't, who for some reason just can't give money to people. And you should be pissed off at the Democrats for like being little bitchy weasels about it. Just like, yeah, you know, I, I understand why no one would want to vote for Joe Biden because I'm fucking frustrated as hell too. I'm, I'm frustrated that it did not have to be this way. I'm frustrated that people are getting angry at like people. They shouldn't be getting angry at. Like you shouldn't be mad at people for getting money for the government. You should be mad at the government for not doing enough and for hoping you die. It's okay to be mad at that. And you should be mad at that. I'm just so fucking angry. Yeah. Well said. Someone from the uh, Pennsylvania Democratic Party called me earlier today and is like, hey, I was just asking if uh, you had a plan to uh, vote and if you were voting for Joe Biden. And I was like, unfortunately. I also said, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, well, my response was, yes, please do not contact me again. All, all we have left of, is passive aggression. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just, I like, it's just so fucking stupid. And as we're going to get into this, as it turns out, when you work to prevent bad things from happening, as we saw in Lake Penier, sometimes they just don't happen. But yeah. no, now we have yeah. to do this bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
we, we have an additional piece of news. Oh, the double wide's discourse. This one is from Twitter. The fuck is a double wide? Are, are you seriously asking? Are, 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 we what, we what, just went through this whole this whole discourse. Okay, with, am uh, I going to be cancelled for like classism if I ask those no, people? I'm going to assume. I'm assume they don't. They don't have them in Scotland. Yeah, yeah I don't think they uh, have. They have cars because when land costs nothing as it does in parts of the United States and building a house is pretty cheap and there's no public transit anywhere. Uh, you need cars to go places. Well, they kill you to the, run a the, hose over them. This is, this, this the, is in reference the to the uh, kidnapping <laughs> plot for the Michigan governor. And, and that man from Jacobin tweeted about how it was because of economic circumstances. Oh yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and and uh, and everyone from Twitter was learning about what a double wide trailer was for the first time. Um and uh yeah, like lots of people of varying economic circumstances live in double wides as it turns out, right? Th- this is this is another one of the uh kidnapping plot people's houses and, and and check out they have like they have a double wide and they have like four newer cars i shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't park the mazda there but besides that i i, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, think I, anyone I mean, uses like the sidewalk there. Well, yeah. this is the thing this is the thing that i've, I've said to people actually in my life is that like when people are like oh why would you ever live out here it's like because people have to fucking live places yep People live places. It's a big fucking country. I don't know why I, that I, makes you want to kidnap a governor, though. Well, obviously, it's the economic circumstances and not the fact that you're just a fucking Nazi. Mm. The latest Trillbillies uh, bonus episode, I think, made a salient point, which is that this is a lot less a story about people being white supremacists or Nazis uh, or people being, you know, of uh, lower economic means so much as it is a story about FBI entrapment. Um. <laughs> same, same as it ever was. If, yeah. you meet, if you start planning a terrorist attack, which don't, but if you do, and you meet a guy who has all of the skills that you need to make that terrorist attack happen, you don't know him from anywhere, and he's really keen for you to do the thing, that guy works for the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could, we could talk about uh, Eric McDonald and the, uh, the, bot, the pl- allegedly plotted Bombing of the Nimbus Dam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of this. Yeah. Just finding the like nearest teenager who's like eh, maybe said the word jihad once and being like, "Fuck yeah! Here is a bunch of dummy explosives. I will arrange all of this terrorist attack for you." Alice, I have good news for you. Hmm. Weatherspoons are staying open in Merseyside. Oh, beautiful. I can commute down to Liverpool, um, and, and just in time, just in time for curry night. I love the idea of someone telling you to go back where you came from, and you just have to go hang out at Anfield by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just like a pint in one hand, just like looking around. <laughs> have to sit in a corner. <laughs> you know, Trash Future nearly got banned from the Weatherspoons app because... Oh, God. Um, Back when, back when it was still allowed to go outside, um, 
some some of some of our our many number were out of Weatherspoons, and you can do this thing where you like say where you're at and what table number you are, and people can buy you stuff on on the app or online and just send stuff to you. And because I'm insufferable, I decided to look at the menu and see what's the worst thing you can send someone if you know their table number. And so I got on Twitter and said, "Okay, just just order order my friends as many bowls of peas as you can." <laughs> and this Weatherspoon stopped serving them because they had just I, I I did not know my own power. I still think I'm a small account. And so this poor fucking life this like short order cook was like, yeah, a hundred bowls of peas. Potato <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> just start serving frozen peas direct from the bag. Yeah. Just start chucking bags Why at them. Go get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the story of how I seriously pissed off the stuff of Weatherspoons. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't think it would get that big, and it did. <laughs> All right. That's that's the goddamn news. All right. That's not an oil rig. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Oil rigs are in the sea, and they're made of metal, and they have the thing. That's not an oil rig. You can't fool I... me. That's a chimney. Okay. I thought we'd start by talking about what is oil. 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 Oh. So is this the one in Pennsylvania that's so fucking depressing? Yeah, it's Drake's Well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go there for a field trip. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is where the end of the world started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this little shack right here. All right, so oil is a bunch of plants which are compressed over millions of years into this nasty flammable goo made of various kinds of hydrocarbons, right? You know, that's a big, long molecule made of H's and C's, right? Yeah, it's, it, it is plant goop. If radiation is spicy rocks, it's plant goop. Yeah. It used to be plants would turn to coal, right? But then a fungus figured out how to digest lignin, so everything after that point was oil. There's no more coal being produced anywhere. Um, you, you can tell that to those folks who say, well, God creates more oil in the ground or more fossil fuels in the ground. It's like, well, that's true, but it's only oil. There's no more coal being made. <laughs> also, yes, but you're not going to be around to see it, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can take this nasty flammable goo and you can refine it into fuels like kerosene, gasoline, diesel, and products like tar and plastics, right? And the first commercial exploitation of this where they drilled a well for it was um, at Drake's Well near Titusville, Pennsylvania. It's in the west of Pennsylvania, right? Hmm. Um, and then they, the first offshore platform, though, was a little bit later. It was in Grand Lake St. Mary's, which was a basin built for the Miami and Erie Canal in Ohio in 1891. Huh. Right? Okay. Uh, and Miami and Erie Canal was one of those weird, like, early canal projects. You'll hear a lot about them in Franklin 13. 
Um, but we soon moved on to larger things and started drilling in the ocean. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that both of those give me anxiety. Don't like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Jesus. Oh. Yes. Oh. I um, Every day is leg day. <laughs> oh God. I knew a guy who looked like this. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had, yeah, he was 50 meters tall, made <laughs> primarily of concrete. <laughs> yeah, we used to call him Concrete Legs Mike. Uh, this is just a Joe Biden story. <laughs> no, I knew a guy who had these proportions where he had all legs and then a very short torso. Can you John Madden a guy around that uh that rig? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. You've just made a is this an he octopus? Just has a massive dick. Good for him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is this is increasingly like a full guy here. <laughs> All right, well, so, you gave him a Lego head. Uh, yeah, he's he's um. <laughs> yeah, he works out with this arm too. Um, <laughs> That's wall. Yeah. All right, so. Undersea oil platforms take a couple of forms, right? Uh, both of these that we're seeing here are fixed platforms, though. Those are ones that rest on the seabed, right? Uh, this one's steel. This one's being brought out to the Gulf of Mexico. You can see a couple of houses down here for scale. Huh. Right? The Gulf and of Mexico, this... and nothing bad has ever happened to a fixed oil rig. <laughs> we'll get well, there. We'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that in another episode. Um <laughs> And then this is a this is a concrete one. This is I believe this platform's called Troll A. We'll see how tall it is in the next slide. Kidding, right? For comparison. Yeah, it's yeah. Norwegian shit, man. It is uh, Norwegian, yeah. Everything. Everything. I think they I think they have I think the field is like the troll field. Like the way they're usually named in Europe at least is name of field and then like a weird name also. So it'll yeah. be like Piper Viking, say. Oh, we got That's Piper why. Alpha and then Claymore. Because that's Scotland. why. That's who this guy I drew in is. He's the troll. Yeah, oh, he's okay. troll A. Yeah. So you gotta pay the troll toll to get oil out of the boys' hole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so these are fixed oil platforms. There's a couple more types. There's semi-submersible ones, which are on large pontoons, which are sort of. Uh, they're buoyant, but they're buoyant where the most of the pontoon is below the waterline, right? And those are tethered to the sea floor. There's something called a tension leg, which is very similar, but there's tensile cables holding it down so it doesn't move up and down as much, right? There's something called a spar platform. That's where you have a big hollow concrete or steel cylinder that goes 500, 600 feet in the ocean. Right, and has a bunch of weights on the bottom, and um, that's used for very, very deep level applications over <clears> 2,000 feet or so. There's some oil platforms in water that's like a mile, a mile and a half deep that use that system. Um, Just sucking up anglerfish, yeah. Then there's um, something called a floating production storage and offloading uh, system that's just a ship with a drill rig on it so you can reposition it rapidly. But 
yeah, today we're talking about a fixed platform. One of these shown here, right? Or mm -hmm. at least the the platform part of it. Uh, and the sort rig of part an admirable, of it hasn't... an admirable lack of subtlety. Like we've yeah. talked before about the extremely <laughs> yes. fast square train. This is something. This is something that has been designed by a guy who's like, I want to fuck the sea. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, because they, they bring this out to sea and then they just flip it in there and it just rests on the seabed. You see that I like. I love the idea of just like tilt, tilt, tilt. All right, yeah. let go. There you go. It's just like moving a couch. And just like, all right. <laughs> we just have to get her into position and then drive away real quick. <laughs> so these are some of the largest structures on Earth. So here's here's troll A for scale right here. With, this is brutalism. Um, it, it, you know, yeah, it is really. You gotta let some plants grow on there. Compare and compare that to here's the Petronas Towers in Kuala Lumpur. Those are those were the largest building, the tallest buildings in the world as of 1998. Um, since then, one has been built in the Gulf of Mexico, which is taller. That's the Petronius platform, right? Uh, and compare that to the Empire State Building, the Eiffel Tower. And because this, I got this from a Polish document, of course, the Palace of Culture yeah, and Science. I was really wondering why they just decided <laughs> to throw that in there. The last hurrah of Stalinist architecture. Yes. I mean, it is magnificent, at least. Yeah, so these are very, 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 very tall structures. You wouldn't, you, you know, only a small amount is above the waterline, but, oh boy. <laughs> and, you know, these can get very large, um... You know, there's usually a system of platforms, right? Uh, we're looking at the most extreme example here. Is that fucking um, Townscaper? It looks so much <laughs> like that game. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Soviet offshore city of uh, Neft Deslari, which is, of course, in Azerbaijan. Uh, boo. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, the bad guys. Uh, the bad guys, yeah. Yep. Do, do yep. you want to drop for Azerbaijan? <laughs> Get fucked! Yes, we love you, Joe Kasabian. <laughs> Notably not Azerbaijani. <laughs> yeah. So, alright. Uh, some oil platforms are unmanned most of the time. Big ones are manned year-round. They got crews, they're on long shifts. Months of a time between uh, crew changes, right? Um, sometimes there's a lot of people on board when they're doing something exciting, like drilling a new shaft. Um, you know, a lot of complicated diving work going on. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. Of time. Don't get sucked into the tubes. Yeah, don't do people that. People keep yeah. telling us to do bifid dolphin. I don't know if there's enough there for a whole episode, but the the short version is you got to do a lot of highly pressurized diving, and it's dangerous. I. Uh, People kept telling us to do both this episode and Bifurt Dolphin, and I kept getting them confused. Mm, that's fair. Is well, it Bifurt Alpha Piper Dolphin? Piper um, Dolphin. <laughs> Andy Bifurt Dolphin. That's when someone got sucked into the. Andy Bifurt, come on, well, there's your problem. Getting sucked uh, off by a twink. That's what they want these days. Yes. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I could never figure out if that was uh, a drop or if that was just Milo doing that. <laughs> yeah, I have him call in. <laughs> <laughs> so otherwise, you know, these platforms are just a bunch of bored people, you know, monitoring a pipe, essentially. You know, it's like, well, there's a pipe. 
Uh, make sure it doesn't do anything weird. Um, and some wells are tethered to shore with a pipeline. Others are tethered to other platforms of the pipeline. Some of them ship oil out on tankers. Some of them are shipping oil and gas. They're doing weird stuff. We'll get to that in the next slide. Um, and it's a combination of a highly dangerous industrial facility, which is processing probably one of the nastiest chemicals on earth, which is crude oil, and an apartment building. Um, <laughs> two so things that and, you famously want together. Yeah. So they try and keep those two parts as far apart as possible. Um, for a large field, you might have accommodation, uh, the apartment building part, on its own platform, right? Which is actually now starting to be practiced on very large um, offshore uh, wind farms as well. Hmm. Um, Seasteading. It's finally not, it's not just for libertarians anymore. Yeah, and no, it turns out you, 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 in order to seastead, you need a huge government handout to do green energy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, really, you do. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Liam says works. tying a raft together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Attention government. I would like $100 million for Usenet Seedbox just crossed out. <laughs> Not Usenet Seedbox, whatever. Seedbox crossed out. Uh, Liberty peace, prosperity, please send to Liam, thanks. <laughs> I believe this is one of the one of the first large offshore platforms established here in uh, Azerbaijan. You can see the Soviets actually, they, they built a park for the workers. That was. <laughs> yeah. It's going <laughs> for a nice stroll. That's the most Soviet fucking thing, too. Just like, yeah. we give you a park. Why do yeah. you, you cry? Look, the plan <laughs> says... When we build these apartment buildings like this, there has to be a park here. The fact that it's in the middle of the fucking sea is neither here nor there. There's a park. Yeah, central planning works. <laughs> <laughs> you you wanted a park? Here it is. Yeah. And you could don't go swimming near it, though. There's oh. a park. They got a separate platform which is five kilometers away for people to store their cars, which you have to take a trolley <laughs> bus to. Yeah. <laughs> There's some allotments, I don't know, on another <laughs> island. There's like um there there's 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 a steel mill for some reason. Um <laughs> there's still like one communal kitchen. But on the bright side, you can get that you can get that fire as hot as you want it, baby. Stakes for days. <laughs> God, imagine lighting up your natural gas stove and it just flares like an oil rig. I believe one of these accommodation blocks uh just collapsed into the sea recently, unfortunately. Oh, you don't um, want to do yeah, that. this is not being well maintained That's anymore. That's what you get for being the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, go go Armenia. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take I'll take all. I'm I will take on any Turkish person. Uh, Actually, yeah, the the Turks <laughs> I met it was weird because they were relatively unfriendly, and I was just like, look how short you all are. Look how tall I am. <laughs> like, that's why they were unfriendly, right? I just like I felt, you know, and, and in very few countries I've been to, do I did I feel like a giant? I felt like a giant in <laughs> Turkey. Uh, I will say my time there was lovely, if for no other reason than their economy was totally in shambles and the lira was worth nothing. 
uh, thus enabling me to buy all the alcohol from the nice man who spoke no English uh, next to my hotel. Ah, uh, but did you do the thing where they like pretend to give you the ice cream and then they snatch it away several dozen times? Uh, no, I did not do that. Uh, my traveling companion did do that, and then I laughed at her misery because it was one of those trips. <laughs> um another thing is uh if you're working on an offshore oil platform uh usually you make a whole bunch of money oh Um, yeah yeah i don't know about the soviet union um you know you probably got i don't know i don't even know if you got you got a park um luxury (laughs) unimaginable luxury (laughs) yeah you can make easy 100k out in the west texas oil fields i went to high school with a guy who did that graduated fucked off and then like came back about a year and a half ago now with all the money oh scotland's exactly the same you you like you fly out from aberdeen on a helicopter spend six months out in the middle of fucking nowhere in the middle of the sea hitting a big pipe with a wrench make a vast amount of money and fly back And, and and that's where we're going right now, actually. Hmm. In our imagination ship, because we can't leave the country because COVID, because our government is full of morons. <laughs> Justin here playing the role of Miss Frizzle. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, basically, bring us out on the magic school bus, <laughs> the, ma- the magic oil helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> so I should say, after uh, the 70s in Britain, which were a very bad time because we had socialism, uh, wealth inequality was at its lowest rate in Britain since records began in like 1972. But a combination of like political missteps and industrial action led to the government of Margaret Thatcher. And we stopped doing we stopped doing the thing where we were like, we can just kind of keep uh kicking the can down the road, and so long as we keep interest rates under 10%, it's fine. And we started doing the really aggressive neoliberalism of cut cut everything, interest rates two percent forever. And then, like, just to add insult to injury, like if the, if the Labour Party had called an election slightly before, Margaret Thatcher would never have been Prime Minister. And they would have discovered natural gas and oil in the North Sea off of Scotland, and basically it'd be like Norway, right? But instead, this happened when Margaret Thatcher was Prime Minister, and we're not like Norway, we're a cursed country. Albania, everywhere except London. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, uh, Aberdeen's doing pretty well now, but it's like uh, the kind of like fucked company town wealth where like everything is oil. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Liam, uh, should I do this slide or should you? Which one is or it? Or should I we divide it up? Because we made uh, half of the slide each. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want to do this? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous baby. Okay. So uh, the Piper oil field is up here. Off to coast of Scotland, somewhere around, I don't know, this, vaguely this shape, right? Um, <laughs> Very scientific, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, don't worry, this is going to get a lot worse. He discovered it in 73. Uh, production began in 1976 during the oil crisis, um, and it was very successful, right? You know, they exported oil on this pipeline out to a um, essentially an oil terminal here in Flotta, and then they would... I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, Alice. I don't know. Yeah. They're all fucking Vikings up there anyway. Yeah, and they, they'd bring it out on a ship and send it, I don't know, everywhere. You know, somewhere away from there, right? 
Probably down to um, Queens Ferry, which I think was the big uh, refinery, but I don't know. They, they brought it through the canal. No, the canal is further <laughs> south, <laughs> isn't it? Or is the canal at Iverness? I forget yeah, which. Just, just do, okay, a, yeah. do a Scottish Suez. Yes. The, can, it, the Loch Ness is like right here, right? Uh, yeah, probably. I guess it's it's near Inverness. Listen, my my knowledge, my knowledge of Loch Ness. Yeah, my my knowledge of Loch Ness extends only to uh, a Photoshop that I made of the Loch Ness monster sighting with an Austrian pistol in it that I called the Loch Ness monster. What the fuck? I I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, you got it. It's whatever. It's near enough to Inverness. I know where canals are. All right, so lovely, lovely town for what that's worth. During the oil crisis, or or after the, I don't know if it was during or after the oil crisis. I don't know when the oil crisis duration was. Um, they added gas to the platform, right? Um, which required some modifications to the platform, uh, the Piper Alpha platform, which um, we will get into in a second. Um. Or no, we should get into them now. Uh, I'm trying to think how to order this. Okay. <laughs> so when this platform was uh, constructed, the oil production facilities were located as far away from accommodation, uh, muster points, control rooms, so on and so forth as possible. When they retrofitted it for gas, they had to just jam in the gas equipment wherever they could, right? Oh no, the park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we, we, I have a diagram of this in the next slide. Um, now, there's a couple other facilities in the area we need to sort of explain what's going on here. Um, and I got I to change the color of the pen because I've already screwed this up. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> let me get blue. Okay, so the Piper Alpha platform, originally she's pumping oil up here. The Claymore platform is pumping oil to that same pat- platform. The Tartan platform was pumping oil to the Claymore platform, which is pumping that oil to the pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're adding natural gas. So there's two paths for the natural gas, right? Let me change the color again. Um, so number one, that natural gas can go to this platform called MCP-01. That's Manifold and Compre- Compression Platform number one, that's operated by Total E&P UK. That's just a big pump that sends it to the mainland at St. Fergus, right? Um, these, these platforms are otherwise uh, owned by Occidental uh, Petroleum, right? Or whatever mishmash holding company that was Occidental yeah. and some other people, yeah. But the other thing is they were also sending natural gas mixed in with the oil the Flada, right? Oh boy. From Piper okay. Alpha and from Tartan, right? But not from Claymore. So, what they had to do, Tartan would send it to Piper Alpha. Piper Alpha would mix it into the pipeline, but because they were adding more oil halfway through, it had to send excess natural gas back to Claymore to be added to the oil pipeline there. Uh, in order to ensure maximum natural gas saturation in the pipeline, right? Yeah, because it's all just going through one big pipe, uh, like gas and oil together, right? 
Yeah, and if you start adding more oil without more gas, you're going to throw off the ratio. It's not going to be good. Um, I think at least one of these pipelines was inexplicably run by Texaco for some reason. Yep. Yeah. The oil industry is so rationally well-structured. Don't even worry about it. Okay, so Piper Alpha Platform, here's a picture of it. Let me go back that to it. That really is pad. brutalism. Oh, yes. I mean, like, no wonder they pay you well, that you're just, like, living on, like, the, the fucking overhang of that for six months. Yeah. All right, you get a nice waterfront view, though. Well, that's true. You can really feel <laughs> the waterfront, <laughs> like, slapping off the windows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great. You got accommodation up here. There's a helipad up here. Which is also the most dangerous part, aside from diving. Like, the thing that kills the most oil rig workers is the helicopter there and back. We, you know, listen to the Osprey episode. Helicopters are death. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't use helicopters. Um, So there were 36 wells coming from this one platform. Um, That was in module A here. That's this. This uh, elevation is if you're looking this way, right? Um, yeah. So the oil came up into module A, right? Oil and gas. Uh, then head to module B, right? And they would remove water and hydrogen sulfide from the gas and the oil. Or no? Yeah, I see. Was, I see was, the was module mud B. module. Liam, was module B for oil and gas or just gas? Uh, oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what uh? Look, it's late. We've all been up for like 15 hours. Um, this hydrocarbons. I, I think everything yeah. down here is probably just for gas. Um, <laughs> If they, I guess the oil and gas must have been for separate wells. I mean, there's 36 wells. We're going to assume that for the second. Um, <laughs> so module B is where they separate hydrogen sulfide and water from the gas. And it's using something called a molecular sieve, which is basically, that sounds very fancy. It's basically just silica gel. Yeah, as far as I know, that's, yeah. all, that's all gas. Right. And then they, they cool it down through expansion. Heavier fractions of gas condenses gas. a liquid. Right, and that's propane, and then the rest of the gas was your methane, continued to export, right? Um, so the methane would go up to MCP01, and propane gets uh, jammed in the oil pipeline. I think that's how that works. Right? Mm-hmm. Why is there okay. a mud module? Are they extracting mud? That's drilling mud. Um, ah. Drilling mud is something you jam into the drill bit and I believe, I don't know much about drilling. Um, the mud is essential. I know that much. Um, the, the mud is what makes it work. Yeah, it, it's, it's lube for fucking the earth. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's the, uh, that's the earth um, um, relieving, uh, or, or that's, I'm not going to say it, it's gross. Um, <laughs> no, say it. As the lady juices of the earth. (laughs) 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 Well, I'm hard as hell. (laughs) 
I think my favorite part about this is knowing how absolutely shameless every oil rig worker would be about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got. You, They're yeah. not a delicate breed of people. <laughs> it's just two guys on an oil rig debating whether or not squirting is just pee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do oh this for God. six months, and they <laughs> both make thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> William, the rest of the slide, I think, is yours. Oh, fuck. There yeah. is a, everybody, hold on. Is it? It starts from three days before disaster, yes. Where the fuck <laughs> am I, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, no, God. I made this slide out of no, one you, of your slides. Yes. Fuck. I don't have this. Christ. Ah, this Jesus. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Three days before the disaster, they were exporting, uh, or they were they were not exporting the gas up to MCP zero one, right? Yeah, because um, uh, uh, routine maintenance was being done on the the gas um, works, I guess you'd call it. So there was a never pump. do routine maintenance. We've talked about this. It's insanely dangerous. All <laughs> of the worst shit happens when you do routine maintenance. Just don't do it. We'll get there. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, this is all. This is all stuff that comes afterwards. Okay. So, it's, so there's there's a a process here, which is described by this diagram, which Liam will now explain. <laughs> uh. Nope. <laughs> I didn't this, do this chemical is, engineering. Is, I did math. This is you a diagram of the slide. Suck. I did not. I I did not change this one in any I way. Put this in. I was talking about <laughs> condensate pumps uh, that had been operating. So on July sixth, uh, nineteen eighty-eight, uh, two condensate pumps uh, are operating to displace. Uh, condensate for transport to the to the coast, and then on the morning of July six, pump A's pressure safety valve was removed for routine maintenance. Uh, nope. So don't do were, that. Don't so do it was, that. It was a planned two year overhaul, um, and they temporarily sealed that open pipe with a blind flange. Blind flange. Blind flange. Um, That's the same thing we were talking about in the Bhopal episode where right. they didn't install them. Right. So the work couldn't be completed by 6 p.m., that flange remained in place, and it was only hand tight. So, the on-duty engineer files a permit which says that pump A is not ready and must not be switched on under any circumstances. Uh, Here's so, my question. Yeah. This guy has a ratchet, right? Probably yeah. has a ratcheting wrench. Why does he not tool tight it? I have like, no idea. I mean, it's you, I guess it's the ratchet. It, I guess it, the idea it, it is just, well, we're like, not going to be using it anyway. So it, just it, who cares? It hits 6 but it's PM and you're just like, quit yeah, time. I think that's pretty much the answer. I mean, fun. from what, from what the, the inquiry comes out with, what happened? Roz, are you dead? No. Did you die? No. I was okay. saying, I have one right here. Uh-huh. That, that was the noise of a man use. going to get a ratchet wrench. Okay. It's fun to use. Uh, yeah. Why Sounds would you not tool tighten it? 
Because, I don't know, you, you want to go in the your apartment block and get sandblasted by ocean some more. Uh, anyway, that's my rant. So what, what they do is they, they, they do uh, something that we featured on Safety Third last time, uh, the lockout tagout thing, right? Where you you disable this thing and then you put a big notice on it saying, hey, don't operate this because if you do, everyone will die. Is that about the size of it? This is about what happens. Uh, yeah, the day shift ends and the night shift starts at 6 p.m. The on-duty custodian was busy and the engineer neglected to inform him of the condition of pump A. Instead, he placed the permit in the control center and left. Uh, and no one could find it. So there was another permit issued actually at the same time for the general overhaul of pump A that had not yet begun. Uh, we're now at 7 p.m. The firefighting system is under manual control. Um, that had actually been a procedure adopted uh, whenever divers were in the water. Um, it wasn't really seen as a risk to divers unless they were closer than about 10 to 15 feet from any yeah, of the, uh, the... The firefighting thing just literally <laughs> sucks up water, the one thing you have in abundance, and just douses everything. And if you're a diver and you're in the water, uh, you may get the suck. Right. And actually, that's that that plays into it. Uh, there had been a recommendation from an earlier audit that a procedure be developed to keep the pumps in automatic mode. If the divers were not working in the vicinity of the intakes, which was which was the practice on the Claymore platform. It was under Bro, manual control. Just put control. a grate on it. Just put a grate over it. Right. They didn't want divers getting sucked into the pumps, which had happened. People had seen it. And it's a lot Getting easier to visualize. off by a twink. That's what they yeah. want these days. That's right. Uh, it's a lot easier to, to imagine your pal Mike becoming spaghetti than it is uh, a fire, especially when you're literally surrounded by water. And they did mm. have grills. Yeah, they did. On the intakes. <laughs> but you could still be drawn towards them, at least. Mm. Yeah, you, you could still be uh, spaghettified by, I guess, going through the grill. That's well, nasty. I don't want to think about that. Yeah, yeah, you get you you basically get waffle stomped. Um, <laughs> so at nine forty-five, Pumpy trips and could not be restarted because of problems with the it's methanol system earlier here. in the day. Uh, methane uh, clathrate, which is a flammable ice. When I yes. was doing research for this, I read the set and I read the phrase flammable ice and had to sort of take a breath, um, which caused a blockage. Uh, so, due to the blockage, uh, pump B stopped and cannot be restarted. Uh, the entire power supply of the offshore construction work depended on the pump. The manager had only a few minutes to bring the pump back online, otherwise, the power supply would fail completely. Uh, a search was made through the documents to de determine whether pump A could be started. Remember, it can't be started under any circumstances. Because everyone will yes. die. Yeah. But we don't know where the, what they don't know where the documentation is. Yeah, because uh, the guy just left it there. Right. 952, permit for pump A uh, recertification not found and pump restarted. The permit for the overhaul was found, but not the other permit stating that the pump must not be started under any circumstances <laughs> because of the missing safety valve. It was in a different location from the pump, and therefore the permits were stored in different boxes because they yes. were stored by location. Yep. Lockout, tagout successes. We love to see it. Like, this is why if you have to, like, do maintenance on any particularly dangerous piece of machinery, what you should be doing is having a warning physically attached to the controls of it. But instead, it's in a filing cabinet. 
And not even and, the filing cabinet they're looking in. Nope. 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 They just had no idea. Uh, so they restart pump A at 9.52 and bad things happen. Uh, so next slide, please. Uh, oh, you never want to see that little explosion sprite in the, in the diagram. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it is not our friend. Uh, so at about 10, uh, explosion one. Uh, due to, <laughs> All? Due, uh, we'll get there. Many. Uh, yeah, many. Uh, so condensate leak from the PSV flange. Uh, the pump A was switched on, gas flowed into the pump, and because of the missing valve, produced an overpressure, which the loosely fitted metal disc did not withstand. Yep. Uh, was never intended over, to. Not an overpressure per se. Uh, but it was most likely within the safe oper operational range of the pump itself, but because the blind flange was only hand tight, leakage occurred anyway. Again, what tool is tight. Tool I know. Tight. I, it would have taken you another 30 seconds. You could have made it tool tight. This wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Witnesses heard a sustained high-pitched screeching noise before anyone could do anything. Nope. The gas ignited and exploded, blowing through the firewall made up of 8x5 panels bolted together which were not designed to withstand explosions. Yeah, it's not an explosion <laughs> wall. Yeah, yeah. If, you know, if, if, if you would just assume, like, a lot of times when there's a fire, there's also an explosion. I don't know why people haven't, like, figured this out. Fires and explosions go together. Maybe your firewall should also withstand explosions to a certain extent. I don't know. Like, I, I, sh shades of a certain other episode. I, I'm sure it was just very thick drywall or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the bad news is, pretty much on the other side of that firewall is the control room where they had just been like, yeah, this seems safe to turn on. Yeah, and there's there's a a story, uh, not a story, but but one of the lines uh, is that the men in so the the custodian slams the emergency stop button, which closes huge valves in the sea lines and ceases all oil and gas extraction, but doesn't do some other stuff, which we'll get to. Uh, men in the control room were knocked off their feet and thrown to the floor. Uh, most men, however, were off duty in the accommodation block, and they were lifted from chairs or thrown from their beds. And just being in an accommodation block as an oil rig is lighting up like the 4th of July sounds... Like, we talk about sort of the terror of it. Mm -hmm. But just, like, imagine you're just, like, in bed. It's 10 p.m. You gotta be up balls-ass early tomorrow. And it's dark, presumably, and now you've been thrown to the ground, and the thing you're standing on, 150 feet above the sea, is about to yeah. absolutely... Uh, just, oh yeah, I, I am just, like, standing on a plank lined with explosives. Yeah, uh, so there's a, a huge explosion in Module C, which is gas compressor, there's a condensate line teeing into the main oil line, that ruptures in Module B, which is the oil separation module, uh, witnesses reported a second flash and bang as a huge fireball roared into the night sky. That's these notes just say kaboom. Yes. This is a picture of the first explosion shortly after it started. All right. So this is the Tharos, which is a large semi-submersible firefighting rescue and accommodation vehicle. Uh, and I wanted to take a second to talk about how sweet this thing looks. You have a fire truck oil rig that rules so hard. Yeah, 
Also, it can't use its water cannon uh, on people because the cannon was so powerful it would injure or kill anyone hit by the water. So they used it sort of where they could. But it's worth noting that uh, Piper Alpha, the fire suppressions, basically just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, it was jammed full of divers. It was, as far as I can tell, or as far as um, uh, the report said, the, the fire suppression system on the... Uh, on Piper Alpha itself never turned on. Because they just simply couldn't get there, I imagine. Yeah. Well, like, the control room gets obliterated pretty quickly, is the right. thing. Um, yeah. And, and once it does, all of the controls for pretty much everything uh, are gone, along with all of the people who know how to operate them. Those are just, uh, like, uh, a thick vapor by this point. Yeah, if you want to take this... Oh, me? Yeah, or either one of you, I don't care. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is the kind of care that uh, <laughs> makes, you, makes you my favorite host. The second gas line ruptured, as mentioned. The gas line riser to the MCP-01 platform, which ejects millions of cubic feet of gas into the fire and increases intensity. Huge flames shot over 300 feet into the air. The Theros had been driven off by the heat, which began to melt the surrounding machinery and steelwork. Nope. So, if only there was some kind of metaphor for this about like applying, uh, you know, some kind of fuel to a fire. Um, so, for reference, uh, what's a riser, right? So you have an oil, you have a gas pipeline at the bottom of the sea, right? Um, she's going along the bottom of the sea. You want some kind of control point, maybe you want a valve or something. So you bring it up to the oil platform. And there you have, you know, a valve, right? So that then, you know, your nice, happy guy right here, he can like turn it and, 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 and turn it off if he has to. And then it goes back down to the seabed and then it goes up to MC01, right? So that's why, that's what a riser is. That's why there's a bunch of extra gas being pumped into this, uh, this, um, this oil platform even though they've shut off all the extraction on the platform itself, right? Yeah, and good luck closing that valve, because, well, what valve? Yes. <laughs> it's fine, though. You, you have this, like, industrial pipeline spraying uh, highly flammable gas into uh, an extremely on-fire thing, but they can just shut it off at the other end, right? Wait. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was actually only after this that the Claymore stopped pumping oil because, wait for it, they did not have authorization and stopping oil pumping costs a lot of money and many days to restart. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just, re just really make the like capitalism explicit there. It's just like what, looking out from the control room at my friends being on fire and being like, can I hit the button to make them not be as much on fire? And you just being on the phone with your boss is like, well, it's really expensive, is the thing. Let me just run those numbers and I will get yeah. back to you. Mm -hmm. As the screams of people burning alive echo into the dead night. Yeah. Um, so personnel still left alive after these explosions, either desperately sheltering in the scorched smoke-filled accommodation block or leaping from the various deck levels, including the Deck, which is 175 feet into the North Sea. Fuck that. 
that's one that always scared. It was the one, you know, we talked about the sort of the desperation in 9-11 where, you know, you have the yep. videos of like the falling man and that. And just the the idea of like, I'm just going to fucking jump into the North Sea and take my goddamn chances. Like, it's not a choice I would would ever want to make, certainly. Is like, is the actual sea burning at this point? Because like, it seems like because all of the infrastructure is so concentrated on the platform, it's just soaking up all of the combustible material. So it's just burning on the platform. So at least you're not jumping from like what from one fire into another, right? As far as I know, it's not uh, the sea is not on fire. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's on fire. E- e- I have no idea. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> scientifically, it, it doesn't look like it's on fire there. So yeah. So this is a fast rescue craft, which had been launched by a standby vessel called Sandhaven. Uh, Imagine had, being in that shitty little fast boat. Just g- yes. go back a slide. You're Imagine driving that. in your shitty boat towards this and being like, the fuck am I going to do with that? The worst part of this is that they actually rescued six people. So there, there was a three-man crew and they had rescued six people from the sea and the second explosion basically swallowed up the boat and killed them. Jesus. Uh, what we got next? Oh, it was the helicopter. Yes. Uh, so this is an RAF rescue helicopter. Uh, arrives on the scene at eleven thirty-five. Hmm. Big old, big old time gap. Well, it's got to get from the hi- the other side of the Highlands all the way out there. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So the 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 uh, Scottish AF um, helicopter would have got there first, but uh, <laughs> you know, um. yeah, the uh, RAF rescue helicopters always have to be piloted by like a a dilettante prince who is just like yes. taking a year out from being a prince. So you know they've they've got to take that extra time. Goddamn House of Nobles. House of Lords, excuse me, whatever it's called. Pass the goddamn titles and nobility amendment, like right now. (laughs) I don't need whatever Napoleonic niece or whoever it's designed to prevent to becoming a... Just getting winched up into this and the pilot has like zero chins. (laughs) (laughs) Or or conversely has like nine chins, Mm. despite them weighing only 145 pounds. Don't worry, chaps. You're you're, you're all safe now. <laughs> uh, Roz, can you take this slide, please? Uh, I'm, I'm very anxious. What, uh, what is happening here? Well, this is this is a helicopter, which, as you may know, well, is not actually um, a heli and copter, but a helico and pter, which means <laughs> a, a, a rotating wing. No, I need I need to figure out what on this slide is important and what isn't because you copy pasted the notes. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a timeline. I not everything on the timeline's important. All right, I'll go then. Okay, eleven thirty-seven. Thoros, even though we're going to cut this out anyway. Eleven thirty-seven. Thoros contacts uh, Nimrod Rescue Zero One to apprise of the situation. Uh, the standby vessel, Sandhaven, picked up 25 casualties, including three with serious burns and another one with an injury. Theros requests evacuation of its non-essential personnel to make room for incoming casualties. 
Rescue 138 is requested to evacuate 12 non-essential personnel from Theros to transfer to Ocean Victory before returning with paramedics. At 11.50, with critical support structures burning away and with nothing to support the heavier structures on top, platform collapse begins. One of the cranes collapses, followed by the drilling derrick, the generation and utility soap module D, which included the fireproofed accommodation block, slips into well, the sea. That that's because you put all of the nano thermite in there. Um. <laughs> all right, it's, it's impossible. It must have been a controlled demolition by Thatcher. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the rest of the timeline is basically just uh, winching up. The Rescue 138 sort of going back and forth. And one of the things that kind of gets me is that they seemingly only had one helicopter. Yep. Yep. That's not really that weird. Like the the like RAF and Royal Navy search and rescue units are really small and were so then also. So yeah, no. Um I mean the other thing so, is like how how much could you do with two helicopters over one? Like you're 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 essentially evacuating people to this nearby tiny oil platform slash rescue vessel, right? You know, I figure maybe you could maybe you could do something with two helicopters, but yeah. three, I don't think you could I mean, do that. I mean, there's there's 81 people in the accommodation deck when it uh, collapses into the sea, and all 81 die. So it's it's worth noting that if you were not already basically in the North Sea swimming for your fucking life, you are doomed. Yeah, and one Which of the is, things that we keep coming back to, and I, I, I think of MS Estonia here, is that like the course of action that saves your life is never obvious right. or like right. intuitive. We talked yes. about that with Bhopal about the idea mm -hmm. of no, you actually have to run into the gas that's literally choking you for breath. Yeah, that's, it's that's maddening. I, you know, that's one of the things I, I come back to. There's not a lot when we record this that sort of gets me, but just like. Being in an accommodation block with eighty other dudes, I'm yeah. just thinking, okay, I'm safe. Like it, it's fireproof. I'm gonna, like, yeah, I'm gonna stay I'm gonna in the fireproof okay. thing yeah. and wait for rescue and not take any like dangerous mm. risks because I don't want to make anything worse. And yeah. then you're you're doomed because you basically did the right thing, mm -hmm. and it's not your fucking fault. Like I just, I it's it's one that that really does get me is this, this idea that like you're being choked for air because it's already filled with smoke. I just like you're sort of holding on with everything you have just to be doomed by falling into the sea. Yeah. Like that's grim. that's grim. Uh so the fires from the wells and oil and gas line, uh, all of which ended up rushing one by one, um have produced flames at the height of about two hundred meters. That's about what, seven hundred feet? Seven hundred and fifty uh, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh very, very tall. Yeah. And consumed a peak energy rate of 100 gigawatts, which I find found darkly amusing. That's three times the rate of UK total energy consumption. Reminds me of an old Soviet joke about Chernobyl, um, which is that the Soviet news starts up and the anchor announces uh, yesterday evening the the Vladimir Lenin nuclear power generation plant of uh, Pripyat. Uh, Ukraine achieved the five-year plan for electricity generation in point zero 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 five seconds. Nice, I, I suppose. Good old external combustion engine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, civilian helicopters show up at twelve fifty-eight. Uh, the platform 
is totally gone. All yeah, that remains is the, is, the mod, is the module on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's module A. Uh, so we have now more helicopters start to get fatalities. Um, uh, the last the last survivors are uh, taken from Theros to Aberdeen at seven twenty five a.m. So I also wanted to point out, like, I can't imagine being the fucking guy who's flying the helicopter. No, because like, it feels pointless. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. you know, I was I was talking today was sort of a hard day for me personally and talking about, you know, what with, with, you know, coronavirus and just 2020 in general, how hard sort of anything feels. And just like, you know, the reason the notes, some of these notes suck ass is because just I couldn't really bring myself to do it. And uh just the idea of everything feeling hopeless and sort of decaying and with the election, it's like, you know, would you rather be poisoned or shot essentially? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Would you, would you rather jump the 150 meters or, into the sea uh, or yeah. burn alive? Yeah. And so, uh, the thing that I, the, the, like the helicopter, again, when we talked about MS Estonia, right? The helicopter landing in the middle of the night, you know, extremely vicariously. And you sort of already know what's happened. I think is that like, you know, you've seen it sink into the sea. You know, those guys are dead now and you're just trying to like keep it together long enough to, to get out anyone who can. Um, so 228 people, uh, 226 people, excuse me, were on board, uh, Piper Alpha that night, 61 survive, 109 die of smoke inhalation, 13 of drowning, four of injuries, including burns. In four cases, the cause of death cannot be established and 30 bodies are never recovered. Um, it takes three weeks for the fires to be extinguished and the remains of Piper Alpha topple into the sea um, in 1989. And this is, like I said, this is one that really got me. Just like, there are no good choices sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, yeah, I, I kind of actually wanted to apologize for the note sucking, but I just, I can't well, imagine the sort of hope. All of us, all of us are extremely depressed. And I guess the other thing with like oil, oil disasters is like they have that such this huge long tail, right? Where like not only are you um, just dealing with all of that, but uh, incidentally, you have this massive fireball, and that's just going to keep going until you stop it, and that's going to be what two weeks. This is uh, the thing I was concerned about here is like, you can see like there's one pipeline here and I don't know if this is one of the wells or if this is one of the risers and that is continuously feeding a flame the next day. And I would assume, you know, this, if this is not something you can shut off with a valve somewhere else, this would be very, very, very difficult to cap um, because you'd be looking at sending a crew in here, I mean, I guess you would have to explode some kind of, you'd have to, you'd have to cause some kind of explosion right here, right? Have you ever seen Lessons of Darkness? It's wonderful, wonderful visuals of how to put out an oil well file fire. Um, and you would have to get some folks in here with probably cutting torches to, you know, just sort of get a, a solid surface here where you could install a blowout preventer. That was one of the big problems with um, Deepwater Horizon, is that the well was cut at a bad spot, so it was 
really yeah, difficult that was, to install that was the a new well blowout module. Yeah, that was still on fire, and they actually had to bring in the guy, the Texan, who's Red Adair. Uh, that's the guy who basically invented capping oil fires. And they actually bring him in uh, to 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 cap uh, to cap it, and they didn't really think anyone could do it. Um, so they P one, which is the well they have to cap because uh, they didn't want to do it under the sea because that could take two to three years. They basically uh, they ended up blasting it with water. The guys, lieutenants come in, stuff a ceiling device into it, pumping pump fluid to the bottom of the pipe and kill the well. And then they sealed the rest uh, with cement. But like, oh, God, <laughs> no, thank you. I believe mm. is, is, is how I would. Uh, how I would describe that. Um, I will say that uh, when they're recovering the bodies, they're doing surveys uh they had to use fish the fishing vessel like sort of everything they could have um and they had to take the 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 module the accommodation module from the sea floor uh in october of 1988 1988 yeah and then uh they do for what it's worth topple the wellheads uh into the sea in a controlled demolition in march 1989 so. Under the supervision of George W. Bush, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a hundred there's a hundred foot high pile of debris on the seabed now. Apparently, mm. this is the uh, accommodation module. After they rose, they, they salvaged it and put it on a barge. Uh, oh, God. Interesting um, contrast between the patina from rust and the patina from fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. Uh, What's that word? Rustic, so to speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So I suppose let's move on and talk about the inquiry and uh, the Thatcher response, which is actually pretty brief. But um, Thatcher cabinet basically oh, says was, they don't it, want was to- it good? No. Uh, no. The Thatcher <laughs> cabinet um, basically, as soon as it happens, says they don't want uh, the labor unions to use it for capital. And against uh, North Sea drilling, and it came out that in 1986, um, the Thatcher government had not given more money to the North Sea for safety because it was deemed not a priority. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was the uh, that was the coal unions' fault, I assume. <laughs> of course, <laughs> that was the <laughs> NCB's fault. Um, well, there, well we, there's we, your social murder. <laughs> uh, next, what is it, Lord Cullen's report? Mm. Yeah, trying to like reconstruct this because like there's no witnesses from the control room. Like nope. you just have yes, to, they were all I will say yeah. that was one of the sort of the darkly funny things to me. I don't want to say funny, but just fuck this mm-hmm. was uh, the fact that they couldn't interview uh, anyone from Piper Alpha's management team because they were all dead. Yep. Yeah. Just blew everyone to smithereens immediately. They had to like, uh, and I mean those—the fact that those were the luckier ones—is extremely fucked. Um, but yeah, no, having to having to like reverse engineer. Oh well, this is probably what happened. We assume uh, because we know that the, these pumps went on at these times, uh, and that this maintenance was due. So this is probably what happened. But like. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, they didn't, 
So some of the stuff that went wrong, I guess, is that uh, the people with the authority to order an evacuation have been killed in the first explosion, uh, which was a consequence of platform design, which didn't include blast walls. Tartan and Claymore continued to pump gas for like an hour until yep. the pump line ruptured. Uh, I mean, they could see Piper Alpha burning, but didn't have the authority to stop, which makes me want to throw up, frankly. Yeah, really don't like thinking about that. Is, is it really worth four or five days worth of production? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that fire would have burned itself out really quickly if they had not kept pumping. That's the worst part of this disaster. This would not have been anywhere near as bad as it was if like folks had seen seen the their one of their neighbor platforms on fire and said, hmm, I should probably stop sending flammable liquids and gases to that platform. And they were like, well, I don't have authorization. So I assume the riser is probably fine. And then, you know, it just causes multiple extra explosions. It's like, you fucking moron. Like, listen, you, you can probably withstand five days worth of production not happening. Like, it's not going to kill you, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll get... Maybe, you'll get yelled at. You'll get yelled I've at. Been, yeah, I've been yelled like, at I, before, you know? It just, you know, and if you get yelled at... I Well, that's the other thing, is you might get yelled at, and, and then, like, maybe they'll fire you because you prevented a disaster, which of course is something that happens very fairly commonly mm -hmm. under our fucked up economic system. It would be good but, to have you know, some kind I, of a union to enable you to feel more confident to like just unilaterally do stuff for safety reasons, I guess. That's an interesting one. I wonder if 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 it was only management who would have the authority to shut off production. It kind of sounds that way if all yeah, of the control stuff would just uh, on on Piper Alpha would just killed instantly, you know. Yeah, it's also worth noting that uh, when Piper Alpha was originally built, uh, they weren't doing gas export. Um, so when they did that, they had to retrofit it, uh, which they put all the new facilities next to the control room uh, under the electrical power radio room and accommodation modules, so that when uh, shit went south. Uh, you know, every everything bad happened. I think the the line that really uh, that gets me reading over this is um, well, there was just no communications. They blew up the control room. Yeah, but the the line that really gets me is as the crisis mounted. This is as um, as the guys are like in the the accommodation block. As the crisis mounted, two men donned protective gear and attempted to reach the diesel pumping machinery below decks to activate the firefighting system and were never seen again. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the shit. It's it's the same thing with that. Uh, what was it? The the railway employee in Bhopal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who, yeah. You know, literally risked his own life and died, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So that they would not stop and therefore make everything worse. Um, you know, the we talked about the the fire safety system. Um, which so water alone would not have. Uh, obviously put out oil fires and with gas fires, you shouldn't even try to do it, but it might have at least significantly delayed the, that gas line rupture, which was the major factor in everything getting much worse. Uh, and that's because you had to start the pumps manually as mentioned. Um, and they had, they didn't have a system in place 
for making them automatic. Obviously, like you don't want to see your friend Mike, you know, made into spaghetti. But the main risk here is fire. Yeah, is 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 seeing your your friend Mike times two hundred turned into bacon. Right. Uh, Can we stop for a second to make fun of Scottish judge robes? Sure. Just ridiculous Santa shit. I gotta say, I I just I can't imagine like on you know talking about the worst experience of my life. You know, seeing to, to a dude dressed like Santa, <laughs> dressed like Santa, right? Like being like, yes, I, you know, I saw people fall into the sea and they died, and my friends were burned alive, and then they mm-hmm. collapsed into the sea in the accommodation modules. And Scottish Santa is up here in his wig, being like, "And how did that make you feel?" Yeah. Just <laughs> God, God damn! What a silly country. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's very bad, and I mean, the uh, lessons to draw from this, uh, aside from... Put your end, permits all in the same place. Put, put your permits all in the same place. Physically have a lockout-tagout thing attached to the thing. Like, it just it's not that difficult to like put a guard over a button to say, hey, if you press this, everybody dies. The wildest thing was that the, uh, the Valve was actually about 25 feet uh, above and 45 feet away from the pump itself. Because the pressure release valves were located uh, above the floor above the pumps. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. Just the, you know, the permatoric system was all just informal communication, and this is why we standardize our safety procedures. Yeah, and all of this stuff is like within a maze of pipe work. Exactly. Because you've you've like fitted and refitted and retrofitted the this fucking platform. The safety induction consisted of being handed a booklet and being told to read it. <laughs> cool. You know, shift change, all that. that that's uh, more than I've had for safety procedures yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, you get your, you get your own booklet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably so communications are also destroyed. Uh, from the first explosions, um, and it's not thought that uh, rapid shutdown would have helped, but uh, shutting down the oil lines would have made a difference. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I I see here but, it says that there was no contingency plan for having to abandon the control room. Correct. <laughs> I was about to say, if you can get a lot of water on that platform, that's going to help you a lot, that's going to stop uh, various metal components from, you know, uh, melting or uh, bending too much, I guess would be your main thing. That would stop a lot of buckling. That would keep things cool enough that you wouldn't have to worry about the platform collapsing. Um, if you just had those firefighting, that firefighting equipment working. Um, and I, I mean, this is, uh, this is one of those things about, um, you know, fire equipment is sometimes it is very dangerous for people who are working in the wrong space. I forget who told me this. Uh, it was a while back. Uh, it was about the um, fire ventilation in the Holland Tunnel, I think, or one of, one of the Hudson River tunnels. Oh, yeah, you that, just fucking you know, die if you're in yeah, there. Yeah, right? exactly. If you... Was that on this podcast? I think it may have been. But might yeah, have the, been, yeah. I, I think because I referenced uh, a, an awful Sylvester Stallone movie about the Holland oh, Tunnel. Yes. <laughs> 
but yeah, the, the, the gist of it, the gist of it is just uh, the big suck uh, takes all the air out of it, which is yeah. kind of bad if you need that to breathe. But so does fire. So yeah, so if you're doing if you're doing work in the uh, fire ventilation tunnels and the fire suppression system comes on, uh, you get subject for her with hurricane force winds full of uh, smoke for the rest of your life, which is probably going to be about ten minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's some other stuff. I mean, the L- let me the, guess: how many people went to fucking prison? <laughs> uh, zero people went to prison. Well, they were all dead. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so there's. But no... I mean, nobody, nobody like in in an office who decides, hey, you can't shut off this uh, this natural gas pipeline that you're killing your friends with because that, no, none of those guys ever went to prison. Right, and they couldn't evacuate because the uh, they the the assumption was that they'd be able to evacuate by helicopter, and then the helicopter uh, the helideck was rendered inoperable by very thick black smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same as nine eleven. Theros yes. had a near total power loss. Uh, they they never launched any lifeboats or inflatable life rafts. So everyone who did survive uh, did so by making their way to sea, as we said. Including mm-hmm. jumping from the fucking helideck, which is yeah, again, fuck no that. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so, I mean, I think it's sort of in conclusion. Uh, a follow, make safety procedures consistent and follow them. Mm-hmm. Uh, please don't assume there are there are fail safes because there aren't. Uh, and B, if your friends are being burned alive and you have the power to at least burn them alive a little less, please do it no matter what it costs. Yes. But please, please volunteer to get yelled at. Yes. Um, and C, keep it in the ground. Yes. Keep the oil C, in C the ground. do that. It, keep it and, in the ground D, where it doesn't hurt us. And D, if you get an excuse to use a ratchet wrench, use it. They yes. make cool sound. Tool tight. Keep yes. it tool tight all the time. You know, I use a cheater bar. Fuck it. I <laughs> keep it tool tight. All right. Yeah. All right. You want to do safety third? Yeah, we're gonna do safety third. We have a uh, segment on this podcast called "Shake Hands with Danger." No, it's called safety, safety third. third. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this uh. The safety oh, this is a promising third. diagram already. This safety third comes from, uh, I assume because they're a public figure, I can, I, I can talk about them. This comes from Twitter user at poppy underscore haze. Um, all right. So I used to work in pathology at a major New York City hospital uh, oh, no. sorting slides as a summer job. Paid. $12 an hour. Pretty good for the time. Hmm? When people see a doctor, sometimes they need to get their meat bits checked. So we got to <laughs> cut them out, use a micro microplaner to take a wafer-thin slice of their meat, put it onto some glass, shock it with some chemicals to make it prettier, and then an emo pathologist named Dr. First Name stares at it and tells you either you're fucked or you're fine. Afterwards, the slides have to be put in storage uh, in a case or, or in case you come back with a new disease 
so we can examine your meat then versus <laughs> now. Please stop that's talking about my meats. I, <laughs> I know. Listen, we're all gonna we're all gonna get a nasty disease and have to get a biopsy taken one of these days. Um, <laughs> and that's where I came in. These microscope slide cabinets are filled with glass, each unit over two meters tall, about one meter wide, weighs about a metric ton when full. They look like this, just row after row of glass slides containing slices of people. Yeah, although that's not the scary part to me. The scary part is they've probably got slices of brain, so I'm just terrified of prions. Oh, I want to avoid that. <laughs> I, I, they gotta, they gotta put the prions in like I don't know a, another building. Like if they find mm. out you have prions, they <laughs> probably have to like y you know that Doctor Who episode where the hospital is transplanted to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they should yeah. do if you have a prion. We, we we do we bring back manned space exploration, but that's why is we just get you as far away from <laughs> me. As possible. <laughs> there, there is a there there is a prion among us. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> the hospital where I worked had a forklift accident, transporting a cabinet full of slides from the upstairs access room to the most recent slides to the morgue back room storage. They needed someone autistic enough to reorganize several million fallen and broken slides. They budgeted me three months to fix it, and I did it in three weeks. Wow. So they sent me into the morgue to help them clear out the backlog created by the accident. So every day, I'd clock into the morgue, where I'd work in the back, getting phone calls or emails from upstairs to pull a patient's slide history and have to run from shelf to shelf, grabbing them all, bagging them into padded envelopes to be taken upstairs or bike messengered to another hospital. You know, there's, there should be like a pneumatic tube system for this shit, you know? Mm -mm. As you can imagine, a big city hospital fills these up rather quickly, so the basement storage area has these deep rows of cabinets on motorized shelving units. There were like 20 of these huge one-ton slide cabinets next to each other in a row, uh, and two back-to-back -back on each motorized shelf, and there were about 10 of these shelves, right? It was a, a bit of a walk to get from one end to out again. I was told that if there was ever a problem to kick the bottom of the unit where there was some red and white tape, there's supposed to be an infrared sensor that when they detect an obstruction, the shelf stops and beeps incessantly. So one afternoon, I'm finishing up requests, putting away the last of the slides. Uh, I, uh, the last of the slides I had all the way in the back when I hear the shelf system beep for the reset to move, right? I shout, hey, I'm working back here. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a diagram of sort of how it worked. You can see bloodthirsty bastard shelf and other shelf. <laughs> yeah. 
Sometimes someone has a rush request, so they send someone downstairs to grab it immediately instead of adding it to my queue, and it happens. But I hear nothing at all except the system beeping again and the cabinets I'm working on start moving towards me. Nope. I kick the tape, and the shelf kept moving towards me. I I kick the tape again, and it kept moving. And the infrared safety center sensors turned out not to work on that unit. Nope. I kicked the one behind me. The shelves are still moving, and that one didn't work either. <laughs> I looked at the open end, and there was no way I could run out before becoming entrapped. I looked up, but I didn't think I could climb up before my leg got squished. Then I looked at the back wall, where there's just enough space to fit a twink. Getting sucked off by a twink. That's what they want these days. I cannot relate. (laughs) (laughs) And I threw myself into it as the shelf closed over my face. I can hear the open shelf I was working on being bent and then shut by the closing shelves. And now I'm between the shelving units and the back wall. I shimmy my way out until I hit an empty section, covered in dust, and I start shouting, Hey! You could have killed me! As I walk to the front. But there was no one there. Hospital ghost. No one would set the system to look at the empty section I was standing in. Oh no. The morgue has a huge heavy keycard door with a loud-ass solenoid and it's negative pressured, so the door opening makes a racket, and there's a breeze when it opens, and I realize I didn't hear that or feel a breeze before this whole thing started. I'm alone down there, just me and these merciless shelving units. It was 4.30, and I checked and realized it was Friday the 13th. (laughs) Jesus. I, I clocked out early. (laughs) <laughs> I told the pathologist that usually does autopsies that the shelves were dangerous and were told that they they had known that some of the sensors were broken, but most of them worked. I told my supervisor from pathology about the system resetting itself and nearly crushing me, and she crossed herself and said it was scary down there. <laughs> she doesn't go down there. <laughs> there. I kept working there another month or so until summer ran out. And then I went back to school. <laughs> Fuck Incredible. <that>. Yes. <laughs> Shake hands with danger. I will never use shelves again. I will just put my shit on the floor. Everything goes on the floor. I've I've been in libraries with systems like this, but they're hand cranked. I can't mm-hmm. imagine a reason <laughs> you would need them to be motorized. People die a lot. Yeah, it's, it's so you want to kill your pathology interns. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, I just can't, I cannot imagine being killed by a shelf full of biopsies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, this episode's been long on the body horror, you know? <sighs> yes. Can we do a lighter one <laughs> next time, please? No, no, we'll, 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 do, we'll do Bye for Dolphin next. Oh no. <laughs> Getting sucked out of a twink. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
All right. So that was Safety Third and Piper Alpha. Yes, it was. Very this good. has been Well, There's Your Problem. Uh, yes. Merch, merch announcement. Um, yes. I, my fucking, I, because I'm weird, I bought an ID card printer, and that means I have been running up Pennsylvania Secret Service ID cards. You can put them in your wallet. You can flash them at people. You can get arrested if you want. If you yes. want one... <laughs> It's gonna be like first come, first served. But if you find me on Twitter at Alice Everzandon and DM me a, a name and a picture you want on there and a mailing address, then I will send you one for as much as you want to pay me for it or as little. <laughs> Please do not attempt to impersonate an officer of the law with these cards. Yes. We do have to say that. I don't want the actual Pennsylvania Secret Service <laughs> to show up at my door and start asking me questions. <laughs> Use these responsibly or else, but yes. you can you can buy a card that says Pennsylvania Secret Service on it. It also features uh signatures by all of us and the Activate yes. Windows logo <laughs> and the Wawa yes. logo and the Sheets logo. Not the yes. Rudder's logo, though. <laughs> Our secret part. master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why go anywhere else? That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, we might have a Discord soon. We should talk about that. Well, um, we have a shirt soon. Oh, we should have a short shirt soon. I mean, that, that store is all but set up. It's just that I keep getting... Halfway to the, it's like a Zeno's paradox thing. I keep getting mm. halfway to the next step and then not actually doing it. Let me know if you need any help with that. Franklin Twelve is coming out soon. Uh, actually, actually soon. Um, and then we are still having the World Transform Festival session. We had to delay it because, of course, we were working with City Skylines as the primary visualization tool, and of course it. It, it farted all over the save uh, yeah. right when I was recording the cinematics. Um, so we had to scrap it and move it back two weeks. That's happening shit, this Sunday? What is this Sunday? The Sunday is the 18th, Ross. The 18th, yeah, so that's still happening. Um, yeah, what, what, what else is in the news? Oh, uh, in, the, in the plugs. We are recording our October bonus episode next Tuesday, the 20th, yes, which is my birthday. Uh, and we will have on as guest uh, Dan McQuaid, formerly of Deadspin, now of The Defector. Uh, so I'm pretty excited for that. Are you Talking ready Sixers, for right? football? No, wrong sport. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to talk about basketball. It's the only ball that I'm ready for. You are going to have to get ready for some basketball. Yes. Uh, next episode about the Commonwealth disaster. Sure. I, I've been coming. I'm gonna continue to come. Skip's been coming. He's gonna continue to come, and people just need to get over that. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> All right. Are you uh, eating cereal? <laughs> no, I was getting burrito out of my mouth. <laughs> Very nice.
Very nice. Our what next a perfectly on brand. Our at, next yeah. episode, of course, will be on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge That's disaster. Fucking I just right. said that. Did you? Yes. Oh, well, well, our next episode will be on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, Bridge disaster. disaster. I I just said that. The Tacoma and Narrows. Our I'm next too- episode will be on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge disaster. <sighs> All right. Uh, I am D- Justin Rosniak. <laughs> 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 I am Alice. <laughs> Are we good? We good. I think so, yes. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. How do I stop this? Okay.